the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Start spreading the news. I'm leaving today. And what's going on, everybody? It's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Well, we've got some show for you tonight. We're going to have our usual news and notes to get to, uh, but no guests tonight. And it's going to be uh, a lot of Frank Sinatra tunes uh, during the breaks. And in the third segment of this program, I am going to do a tribute uh, to my mom, who passed away um, a few weeks back at the age of 82. And... Um, I kind of wrestled what my show was going to be like. The show that I had the week before that aired uh, was one that I had taped two weeks prior and didn't get a chance to finish it because my mother had passed um, in the middle of that week. And um, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do uh, in terms of that subsequent show. And so I decided I will, um, for the listeners, obviously I'm going to give you beer news and uh, and notes and things you know that are going on. But I didn't want to have a guest on the program. I didn't think it was it was right, and I really wanted to pay homage uh, to my mom in at the very least in at least one segment uh, of the program. But obviously, I'm going to talk about her throughout the show here because my mom was an integral part of my life, um, as as any as you know as most people would be. You know, their parents are an integral part of their life. But my mom, m- more so than my dad, um, and I- I'll get into it. Um, in that third segment of of some different things, and you know, I had to um, <clears throat> I had to write a eulogy for my mom. She refused to let anybody else get up there and speak except for me, um, which is I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing on my mother's part, but maybe that's an attestment um, to uh, the things that my mom taught me um, and how I have tried to live my life um, these last fifty you know years. Uh, being on this planet. Without my mom, I don't think that a majority of the things that I have done in my life I would be here for without her and the sacrifices that she made, um, you know, for both me uh, and and my sister. Um, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast. Uh, you know, on iTunes, you can listen and download to the show's uh, whenever you feel like it, we're on Radio.com. We're also on the Hopped Up Network as well. And you can hear the podcast version of this show, uh, usually Monday mornings before 6 a.m. Let's dive into some beer news. Uh, we'll get into a little bit of my mom uh, before we break here. But Big Alice Brewing uh, getting even bigger. They've purchased a 15-barrel brewery formerly occupi- occupied by Gale Brewing Company in Geneva, New York. It'll serve as Big Alice Brewing's second brewery and third tap room which is really cool. They are very excited to bring their brand of award-winning farmhouse brews to the Finger Lakes. Uh, They say to stay tuned for more info on that. That is very cool. So kudos uh, to the folks at Big Alice Brewing. So they'll have a second production brewery going and their third tap room 
uh, in short order. Now, Duclaw has come out. This is kind of cool. So apparently Duclaw came out with a candy cane brew, which is coming to 29 states as of, you know, right now. Um, they have, obviously, you know, everybody knows about Fruity Pebbles beer. Uh, they know about your uh, Fruity Pebbles cereal and Skittles they've done. They've done the whole thing with, uh, uh, um, uh, what was it, the fairy beer where they had, it? you know, it was kind of, uh, you know, I want to say pixie dust, but it's not pixie dust, uh, it, you know, in the beer. So this new one is based off a of candy cane, has notes of peppermint, vanilla, and deep chocolate. Um, they're ex- they say they're excited to turn the classic candy cane into something fun for adults. Of course, the dark beer only available for a limited time. I'm, I'm sure it's a decadent stout. We'll have to see if we can get a can of that uh, to try uh, for, um, you know, for review purposes, of course, because the folks from Duclaw uh, have been great uh, towards me in this show for a very long time. Now, people across New York City were not following coronavirus safety protocols this Halloween. New York City deputy sheriffs had to break up a warehouse party on Seabury Avenue in the Bronx around 1.30 uh, two Sundays ago, which had more than 550 people in attendance. Uh, more than 20 organizers were facing charges for administrative code, health code, and having no liquor license. Uh, meanwhile, the neighborhood coordination officers shut down another warehouse party uh, early uh, Saturday morning, I guess Friday night at the Saturday morning on Halloween, uh, in Ridgewood, Queens, charging people for entry and alcohol. I don't understand what, what people don't seem to understand here. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. To have these large gatherings are illegal. Don't do them. You're going to get COVID. We've seen this already. Is this what you want? And don't sit here and tell me, oh, well, it's not that bad. It's not this. It's not that. Look, this is serious stuff. And if you're a business to be promoting a Halloween party of more than you know five, 10 people or whatever, for the sake of your business, it's just irresponsible. You, deserve to, you know what? In my opinion, you deserve to lose your business if you do something like this. Don't do it, okay? I understand that we're in a tough, we're in a tough situation right now. We're, we're, they're trying to open up places. Uh, I think more needs to be open. I, I would advocate for restaurants to be open at 50% capacity at this point in New Jersey and New York. I think We have not seen a study that says a restaurant being open at 25% is contributing to COVID-19 cases. Most of the COVID-19 cases that we're seeing in New Jersey are these people getting together for, for parties in their homes, right, with more than 10 people. You know, so you have 25, 30 people. You had wedding ceremonies out on Long Island where there was 100 people there, and they're only supposed to be 50. I mean, it's ridiculous. Don't do it. I just don't understand why. Uh, Stone Brewing coming out with a Belgian-style weed ale. It's called Dayfall. Uh, It'll be uh, a nationwide release. Uh, This has uh, orange and coriander. It's going to fall in at 5.5%. It's going to be in a 12-ounce can, which is really cool. Uh, that they're doing a Belgian-style wheat ale. It might be the, I, and and I know the folks from Stone Listen, so they can correct me if I'm wrong. It might be the first time they've ever put out a Belgian-style wheat ale in cans. Now, they may have had it on tap uh, in Escondido or, or in Virginia or in their other uh, tap rooms. I think this is the first time they put something like this out in a can. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool from them. And then um, the Brewers Guild of New Jersey has launched the Gilded for the Cause campaign. It's an inaugural campaign collaboration a beer. It's called. It's a key lime India pale ale, and uh, they want to bring greater awareness, obviously, to the current issues impacting breweries and brew pubs. Brew pubs, excuse me, across the Garden State. You can uh, get more information at the Brewers Guild NJ They've launched the Gilded for the Cause campaign, and this is a key lime Indian India pale ale. Uh, the beer was brewed by Cane Brewing. 
Uh, but, of course, a lot of people had their hand in it. Bolero, uh, Carton, number of different big breweries in the state. Uh, it is it is being distributed statewide right now. It's going to be sold in four packs and draft a Cane Brewery Company, uh, also for home delivery and to-go sales. But it will also be in liquor stores around the state as well uh, for you to pick up in bars and restaurants and, and grocery places as well. Um, they brewed this IPA with key limes and lactose featuring locally grown uh, grains sourced from Rabbit Hill Farm in Shiloh, New Jersey, and Bullock Farms, of course, which is the home of Screaming Hill Brewery in Cream Ridge. It's a 6.5% ABV. The, bill, uh, the beer features a grain bill of uh, a Violetta Pilsner malt and raw wheat with additions of Sabro, Cashmere, and Moteca hops. Proceeds from the sale of this beer will go towards the Brewers Guild of New Jersey and its ad- advocacy efforts on behalf of its licensed brewery and brew pub memberships. Um, again, um, the Guild is hoping that this uh, beer will help recognize a number of different things, and this is some of the things that the Guild wants to do. They want revisions to the decade-old craft brewery law to improve the customer experience and the business climate for locally made craft beer in the state, rules like mandatory tour requirements, entertainment and event restrictions, distribution limits, and the in- inability to organize festivals in your community are some uh, uh, for foremost pro- uh, policy priorities the Guild wishes to accomplish uh, you know, with the public's help immediately. Uh, they want to maintain the home delivery pr- privileges on a permanent basis. I know they're trying to work on that. That should happen. Um, I think it's been a big success for the breweries. It's been a big success for consumers. And there's no reason why it shouldn't continue, especially given uh, the restrictions that are being placed around the state right now. Uh, they want to gain support for government-sponsored financial programs. This is to make it easier to open a brewery and expand operations in the state. Buildings, equipment, and materials obviously are very expensive. A reliable level of state support will go a long way in continuing to make the industry successful long-term. And then reforming laws which ensure fair negotiations between craft brewers and other parts of the state's alcohol beverage distribution and retail industry. Uh, Obviously, it is very difficult for small breweries to distribute their beer, uh, and the laws do not benefit them. They're basically saying the laws should be you know, let's level the playing field here to make it equal for everyone so that everybody can get a piece of the pie, which is not outlandish when you think about it. And I think this is something that can help all brewers. It can help the restaurants and it can help, you know, liquor stores as well throughout the state. This is something that everyone should be working hand in hand. Everyone should be allowed to get a piece of the pie. And uh, let's hope that some of these things will be implemented uh, over the next year. Certainly the uh, permanent home delivery uh, it, it should be made permanent in the state of New Jersey, not when the pandemic ends. It should be made uh, permanent. Now, when we come back after a short break, we're going to have more news and notes from around the beer world. Uh, I'd like to talk a little bit more about my mom. And then in the third segment of the program, before we get to suds and duds, uh, I'm going to spend uh, those minutes uh, in that third segment talking about my mom and how important she was uh, in my life and you know, allowed me to be really the broadcaster that I am today. A lot of it has to do with her, and I can't thank her enough for that. And I love her, and I miss her, and it's very surreal uh, that she is gone. You always expect your parents to live forever. And, um, you know, I really thought this woman was going to live to the age of 100. 82 doesn't sound, to me, old. It's 82 years young. Um, But you know what? The bottom line is she's no longer in pain, and she is at peace now. And for that, I am thankful for that. But... We all want our parents to live forever, plain and simple. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go the downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know, the downtown. Listen to the music of the traffic in the city. Linger on the sidewalk where the neon signs are pretty. How can you lose? The lights are much brighter there. You can forget all your troubles, forget all your cares. So go downtown, things will be great when you're downtown. No finer place for sure. Downtown, everything's waiting for you. No coincidence that we, uh, our radio studios are located downtown, and this was one of my mom's um, sort of favorite Frank Sinatra songs. I like it personally. I know Joe Piscopo doesn't like it, but uh, I do, and my mom did. And uh, obviously the show this week uh, is all about my mom uh, who passed away uh, two weeks ago uh, due to complications of brain cancer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer... You can follow me very easily on Twitter at Al Gattulo, on Instagram at Gattulo, that's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash A-G Craft Beer Cast, email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com, we're on iTunes as well, uh, Alexa Ready, we're on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, as well as the Hopped Up Network, you can head over to the Hopped Up Network, usually Monday mornings before 6 a.m., and you can listen to the podcast version of this show. And um, my mom worked uh, downtown uh, Manhattan. Uh, she actually, for the last, um, she worked 18 years, it was 18 or 19 years, with the Waterfront Commission before she retired. She was let go by the Waterfront Commission of New York and New Jersey. And uh, she was a receptionist, um, but she, you know, held a lot of other different jobs in her life. Bookkeeping, uh, worked for Staten Island Hospital, worked for the Staten Island Advance on Staten Island, a bunch of other places. And we'll get into it in our next segment uh, I'm going to spend the entire uh, segment um, as a tribute to my mom. But she worked downtown, and uh, she, uh, as much as she didn't like coming to the city in her uh, later years, um, she knew that she needed a job here in order to uh, support herself and uh, put her on the road to retirement where she could live you know, comfortably. Uh, not rich by any stretch of the imagination, but comfortably enough where she could have her own place and uh, do what she needed to do. Let's dive into some beer news, and then we'll get into uh, the whole tribute with my mom. Uh, in the next break. So uh, Chicago Cubs pitcher John Lester showed his appreciation of fans uh, by buying them a cold one. Apparently over the holiday, uh, Halloween weekend, Lester took to Twitter saying the first beer was on him, instructed patrons to tell bartenders to put it on hashtag John's tab. The left-hander spent a, a little more than $47,000 in four different establishments across Chicago, which included a 34% tip in homage to the number on the pitcher's jersey. Uh, Lester is a free agent, could pitch for a different team next year, and so he wanted to buy the fans a beer. Apparently, a lot of it was Miller Lite. I don't know if I would necessarily um, drink that, but it was a nice gesture by John Lester for um, for buying uh, the fans a beer. Pretty cool on that. San Diego Beer Week has started. Coronado Brewing kicked it off this past weekend uh, with the release of Turtles All the Way Down. It's a collaboration with their New Orleans friends at Urban South Beer. The beer, an IPA brewed with pineapple, coffee, Toasted Coconut and Lactose is the second of three releases featuring art from local San Diego artist Jack Stricker. Apparently, the first 100 people who bought a four-pack from the tasting room at Coronado and Kitchen uh, received a signed turtle's print from from the artist himself. And for more info on all of the events that are going on uh, during San Diego Beer Week, just head over to sdbw.sdbeer.com slash events. You can find out about all the things from all the different San Diego breweries. Uh, that are going on 
for the next week or so. Um, Sweetwater Brewery has been sold to um, uh, Afreya Inc., which is a leading global cannabis company that is based in Ontario, Canada. The 14th largest American craft brewery by volume in 2019, long been recognized for producing hop-forward beers that closely draw inspiration from the cannabis industry, including their iconic flagships uh, 420 Extra Pale Ale, Hop Hash Easy IPA, and recently introduced uh, Turpin-infused Hydroponics Hard Seltzer, and they have seasonal and specialty offerings as well. The Georgia-based brewery has also been recognized for establishing one of the country's largest beer and music festivals in their 420 Fest, which first launched in 2004, takes place each year to coincide with the weekend of April 20th. Uh, they were sold on Wednesday, $300 million in cash and stock acquisition. It's the first entry into the U.S. market for Afria, uh, or Afreya, I think it's uh, pronounced, which aims to build awareness around its brand's Broken Coast Good Supply, Riff and Soleil, in anticipation of the eventual federal legalization of cannabis in the U.S. So New Jersey just passed uh, legislation for um, uh, legalizing marijuana. It still has to be worked out in the uh, legislature, so it probably won't take effect until third quarter of next year. That's what they're projecting. Uh, but this company in Canada is banking on the fact that at some point federal law will change and weed will become legal throughout the United States. We shall see what happens. Um, I am not one of those that believe that uh, weed is a gateway drug. Um, I've smoked weed in the past. It has never uh, prompted me to go out and uh, try heroin or cocaine or you know any of those other harder substances. I've never had that... Um, I've never had that urge, but I get it. If you're if you have an addictive personality or you have a family that has a history of addiction, it's very easily to go from alcohol to weed to something harder and and not be able to get uh, under control on that. So I get it. I get the arguments for both sides. But you know, in the case of New Jersey, the bottom line is um, they're hemorrhaging money. They have no you know they don't have a lot of income coming in tax revenue. This is something that is taxable, and it's something that you know I get where Governor Murphy is coming from. Uh, it's to uh, reduce the smaller crimes uh, so that you're keeping people out of jail, but it's also so that, um, you know, these people... Look, medical marijuana works. It does help with pain. Um, if a person has a small amount of it and they want to smoke it in their own home, that's their business. My problem with the law is the fact that how are we going to know that somebody is actually high? I know that there are tests for it, but is there one definitive test that says, you know, Joe Smith has taken this test and he's high and he can be prosecuted for it. We have an alcohol test that tells you when you're drunk, but do we have one for cannabis that is 100% foolproof, right? And I, and I know no test is 100% foolproof, but enough to show that if somebody does that and they smoke and they get behind the wheel and they get caught, they're going to go to jail. That's my bigger issue on this, so we'll see what happens. Uh, this holiday season, Rogue Ales and Spirits, the one and only Santa Claus, uh, are releasing a peppermint bark milk stout as their 2020 edition of their much-anticipated Santa's Private Reserve. Um, this is peppermint and dark chocolate prominently displayed on the nose, carried throughout the very last drop. The refreshing peppermint and velvety dark chocolate tastes like the holidays in a glass. Uh, this beer, according to them, is the full package and is certain to brighten up even the worst days of winter. Uh, it is a milk stout uh, clocking in at a little over 8 and a quarter percent has a 26 IBU. It's in a 750-milliliter bottle, as well as on draft. It is available now, uh, as well as next month. Get it and drink it uh, ASAP. Um, our good friends from Five Boroughs Brewing, they've reintroduced their insufficient fare. That is their ode to the iconic Metro card. Uh, it is a 5.5% ABV. It's a double dry hop northeast pale ale. 
Uh, it is now available in Kansas on Draft at their tap room across the greater New- and, and of course across the greater New York City area. Uh, you can pick up um, at the brewery or uh, can be shipped anywhere in New York State via their online store. They've also are moving things inside, and so they've modified their tap room setup. And they want to they want to let you know. Temperatures will be checked upon entry. One member of each group will need to provide their name, address, and phone number. That's the New York uh, State law. Seating is limited. First come, first serve. They are not accepting table reservations. Mask must be worn at all times except when seated. Four people per table, the temporary rule, part of the state's cluster action initiative. All tables will have hand sanitizer and will be placed six feet apart. Table service will be provided for on-premise visitors. Uh, To-go to beer can be ordered at the side of the bar. So, um you know, those are the restrictions that are in place. And Five Boroughs doesn't have the biggest tap room in the world, but they do have open uh, areas where they can open up uh, to get fresh air in. So, listen, it is going to be chilly, but do try to support those local brewers wherever you can. And then finally, Firestone Walker has released the details of their 24th anniversary ale, which is blended with the help of local winemakers. Uh, it will be uh, soon landing in all Firestone Walker markets in single-box 12-ounce bottles as well as in a limited draft format. This is a great beer. I try to get this every year, and I have a couple bottles that are sitting in my house that I cannot wait to crack open. Uh, but they, they blend this with winemakers, and they blend different uh, versions of other beers that they make to create this anniversary ale. So they used winemakers in, in from the following Paso Robles' wineries, uh, Denner, Halter Ranch, Herman Story, Ledge, uh, Lene Calado, uh, Lone Madrone, Tablas Creek, Thatcher, TH Estate Wines, and Saxum. Uh, they... Um, they, they put all of these together, and then in the final blend, you have 27% of Velvet Merkin aged in uh, bourbon barrels, 26% of Sticky Monkey, which is aged in bourbon barrels. That's the Central Coast Quad, uh, Coastal Quad. A Parabola, which is aged in bourbon barrels at 16%. Smoked Imperial Walker's Reserve aged in bourbon barrels, 16% of that. Bravo aged in bourbon barrels at 11%. And then Tequila Barrel Helderado aged in tequila barrels, 4% of that, which is a blonde barley wine. So they combine all of these beers, put it together with the winemakers, they uh, age it, they get it together, and then they produce this 12-ounce bottle that is absolutely delicious and definitely something that should be shared with a few people. I don't uh, you know, suggest that you drink the entire bottle on your own. I suggest you open it, get some tasting glasses out, pour a little bit for each person, sort of like um, Samuel Adams' Utopias in, in that vein. So uh, if you do that, uh, I think you will enjoy it very much. When we come back after a short break, my tribute to my mom, Anna Marie Gatulo, who passed away a few weeks ago at the age of 82. This is the Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Oh. 
Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Frank Sinatra, More Than You Know. And that song was my wedding song that I danced with my mom. And I have to thank the, uh, the, the late, great Andy Bleiberg for that song. And um, he pointed that out to me when we worked together uh, before I got married at a place called eyata.com. And I was looking for the right Frank Sinatra song to dance with my mom. And he sent me that and he said, listen to this. Uh, this is perfect. And you know what? He was 100% right. And I remember, and his, this entire segment basically is, is about me and my mom. My mom passed away a couple weeks ago uh, at the age of 82 to brain cancer. And um, I hope you'll bear with me during this segment. Um, so um, I got married in 2000. and been married 20 years. And at the wedding... Um, my mom and I danced, and when this song came on, I didn't tell her what it was, but when it came on, she she looked at me, we started to dance, and, you know, I could see she was welling up, she was having tears in her eyes, and she was looking over at my dad, my parents had been divorced for a long time, they got divorced when I was 13, and he had remarried right away, and she looked over at him, and I could see that she was getting upset, and I remember, I whispered her in her ear, I said, you never, ever have to worry about anything. I'll take care of you. I love you. You're my mom, and I'll always love you. And she didn't want to lose it, and neither did I, and we shed a few tears that day. But it's one of those memorable moments that I will never forget with my mom. And maybe the fourth or fifth time in my life that I saw my mom vulnerable, and it was tough for me. Even at the age of, you know, I wasn't even 30 yet. It was tough for me. And my mom was an amazingly strong woman. And she only stood five feet tall. She's one of the toughest, loving people, although people who know my mom would say, "Mm, she didn't seem quite that loving. She was very tough. She had a lot of opinions. And it was very difficult for her to tell either me or my sister that she loved us. It was very difficult for her. Later in life, when she had her couple of health scares, I think it softened her up a little. And um, I'm going to tell you a couple quick stories about my mom. Uh, When I was 16, I was performing uh, at Newdorp High School on Staten Island in what was called the Sing Production. It was uh, different grades. You know, the the freshmen and the juniors would compete against the sophomores and the seniors. And we were doing a play, and at one point it called for me to be in the audience. And as I walked past my mom with a flashlight, not realizing I was walking past my mom, places silent as could be, She pulls on my tuxedo that I had on and whispers, not realizing that the whisper was a shout, if I brushed my teeth before I went on stage. And then I had to go up and deliver a soliloquy, and I was horrified that she had just said this to me and everyone in the place heard it. I got through it, and the funny part of it was my aunt, her sister, yelled at her like, Anna Marie, what are you doing? But that was my mom. That was how my mom was. 
always opinionated, always had an opinion about something, was not shy about voicing it in any by any stretch of the imagination. And it's one of the things that I love about my mom, and I, I think I, I've gotten a lot of that from her, that part, the opinionated part. And I'm not always right, and neither was she, but she was going to tell you exactly how it was, right? But there was one point where my mom, you know, obviously my parents got divorced. My mom had to go back to work and get into the workforce again. And she had a little bit of a problem. She had a breakdown. She was uh, away from us for a little while. And um, I'll never forget my aunt and uncle picking us up and taking us to my uncle's house where we stayed for Halloween weekend. Um, And my Aunt Joanne, bless her, got us costumes so that we could go and trick-or-treat and then took us to the movies to see Risky Business. I remember this clear as a bell. Because I can, I have never watched Risky Business again since that day. That movie reminds me so much of what happened to my mom that day that I can't bear to watch it. It just brings back, you know, bad memories for me at 13. And my mom had to go back into the workforce. And it was a couple of years later. I was a sophomore in high school. I came home from school. And she said, I, I walk in, and the place is dark as could be. No lights. Nothing is going on. And I'm wondering why this is happening. And my mom was laying there on the couch. I said, Mom, what happened? You didn't go to work today? And she looked at me and she said, Albert, I can't do this anymore. I can't. She was despondent, depressed, big time depressed. And I remember I said, but Mom, what are we going to do? Do I have to go out and get a full-time job? I'm 15. Deirdre's off in college, my sister. What are we going to do? And she looked at me and she saw the despair in my eyes. I was 15 years old. What What did I know? And she said, you know what? I'll be okay. I'm going to go to work tomorrow. It'll be all right. My mom didn't miss a day of work after that at this particular job. Now, she missed days, you know, during the course of her life because she was sick or whatever. But it it instilled in me that moment a work ethic that you have to you have to go to work. You have to get up and do your thing. You can't sit and stare at a wall and be despondent or depressed or whatever. And maybe it's not the most healthiest thing in the world. But I got that from my mom. And when Steve Adubato had me on his one-on-one program a couple of years ago, he had asked me where I had gotten my strength from. And I want you to hear what I had to say uh, when he asked me the question, like, you know, where do you get get your strength from? Here it is. You know, um, it came from my mom, to be honest with you. My mom and dad got divorced when I was 13. Uh, She had a little bit of a tough go of it um, and ended up having to go back to work at 54, had to go back into the workforce and, um, you know, start working again in New York City. And always remember, no matter what, she got up, went to work, did her job. My dad, the same thing, you know, got up, went to work, did his job. I always felt like, yeah, listen, when you're told that you have cancer, it's scary. It's a scary thing. And I had my little emotional moment, told my son what was going on. My wife knew about it already. She's a nurse. She knew before me. I, I found out through, uh, you know, through her. And um, I said, you know what? You just got to fight it. Whatever it is, you can fight it. You can beat it and move on. And, and the, I didn't ever miss a day of work. You did not. I, I <clears throat> never called in sick. And believe me, there were days I got up and said, maybe I should just stay home and go to sleep. But I, my motto was if I could get my legs out of bed and I could get up and go downstairs, I could go to work. And that I got from my mom. No matter what happens in your life... You have a family to support. You have a roof over your head. You got to put, you know, food in the belly. You have to go to work. And I got that work ethic from my mom. My mom had to go to go back to work in her 50s and work until, you know, 
into her into her late sixties in order to survive, have a retirement, have a little place to stay, and take care of you know business at hand. She moved close to my sister because my sister needed help and help with her two kids, and she did that because she loved her kids. She loved me. She loved my sister. But more importantly, she taught us an ethic that, you know, you have to follow. My mom was was an amazing, amazing woman. I can't say enough good things about my mom. Yeah, was I a bad kid? Yes. I, 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 got, I got beaten as a kid. I did a lot of bad things, and I deserved every, every bit of it. And there were times in my life, in my teenage years, where I was very spiteful and hateful towards my mom. And I remember there were times that I would say things to her and, you know, it was all for the shock value. It was all to get attention. I knew that. I knew exactly what I was doing. And it was wrong, but I did it anyway because I thought that, you know, I knew more than her and I was, you know, whatever. But in the end, my mom loved me unconditionally and she knew that I was going through things. And she knew that it was, that was my way of trying to work through them. And to her credit, she could have just, you know, said, oh, screw this kid, screw these kids, I'm going to go and do my own thing, and I'm going to find a guy, and I'm going to whatever, and who cares? She didn't do that. She knew she had a responsibility to her children and herself, and she raised us as the, the best that she could and tried to provide for us the best that she could and love us as only she could. And real quick, before we have to take a break, as I was going through my cancer a couple of years ago, we were driving down to my aunt's house for Thanksgiving. I've only told this story to a couple people. And she was very quiet in the car on the way down, which was not like her. And I remember I said to her, I said, Mom, what's the matter? You're not talking. And it was just the two of us in the car. And she looked at me with tears in her eyes, and she said, Albert, I don't want you to die. And I said, Mom, I'm not going to die. I'm going to be okay. I'm getting treatment, and I'm going to get taken care of. Don't worry about it. And then I said to her, offhandedly I said besides I wouldn't leave you alone with your daughter because my sister and I really have don't really have a relationship and she laughed and she got a little bit of solace out of that but she was always worried about me and always concerned And as a parent you're always going to be concerned about your children no matter what no matter how old they are I've told it to my son a thousand times but she was concerned she was always concerned about me and concerned about her grandkids and concerned about her daughter too and her family And I don't think she wanted to be the last one standing. But she was. And you know what? In the end, all the things that I did for her over these last three months and the years that we were together, but the last three months specifically, I did all the things that she asked me to do because that's what she wanted. And I'll be damned if I was going to let anybody stand in my way to prevent me from doing what my mom wanted. I love you, Mom. I'll always love you. And that will never ever end when we come back after a short break suds and duds on the algatulo craft beer cast on am 970 the answer Day in, day out, 
same old soldier who follows me in my same old pounding in my heart whenever I think of you and the baby I think of you day in and day out. Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Doing this show as a tribute to my mom, Anna Marie Gatulo, who uh, passed away about two weeks ago at the age of 82 due to brain cancer. And um, my mom was never a big, um, I shouldn't say my mom was never a big fan of my career. She kind of didn't really understand what I did. She thought it was, um, she thought it was kind of a useless job essentially didn't really understand how the business worked. I tried to explain it to her. I'm still trying to figure out how the business works. Um, but she never really got it from the perspective of somebody. My dad didn't either. My dad was like, ah, you can work in radio and still work for the, uh, for the MTA. Like, yeah, dad, it doesn't work that way, but all right. But eventually my mom would, um, would come around and understand, you know, listen, this is the way I'm going to make my living. And in the last segment, I had mentioned about uh, being on Steve Adubato's one on one show. And it was something that she could actually see right on TV because she wasn't a big radio person. And um, she watched it and she was obviously she was moved by the fact that I, you know, credited her for why I got through my cancer. But when she when I finished the when she finished the show, she called me and said, you really sounded good. She's like, you really know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, thanks, Mom. It only took you how many years to figure that out? And then, of course, as my as is my mother's want, she said, but you're still too fat. You need to lose weight. So, you know, I temper, I temper the compliments from my mother. It's usually it's a compliment, and then there's a zinger right there uh, at the end of it. And that was my mom. She, again, never shy uh, with her opinion. And then she did actually hear... Uh, she did actually hear the Joe Piscopo show one day. She was up early, and she happened to flip it on. And I was driving home, and I used I used to call her a couple days a week just to check on her, make sure everything was okay. And uh, she had said to me, she listened. I said, oh, that's great. And she says, yeah, you really sound good. Like, you really know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, thanks, Mom. I appreciate that. That's the point. Good. If I got that across, then, uh, then that's a good thing. Look, um, you never really stop missing your parents. No matter when they pass, you hope that they live a long and fruitful life. And some people had their parents pass uh, much earlier on. But um, in the end, you cherish those memories and those good times that you have with your mom. My mom and I went to San Francisco a couple years ago to see my my cousin get married um, to his uh, boyfriend. And um, one of the one of the best trips that I've ever taken uh, with my mom. Of course, at the end of it, we almost got arrested um, at Newark Airport because my mom was making terroristic threats, which is a story into of itself. Um, very briefly, she uh, she flipped out in the last hour on the way home because we were delayed getting out of San Francisco. She hadn't had a cigarette in a very long time. She was still smoking and um, decided to start cursing at everybody before we landed. And then she said on the plane, she said, I, I, they should blow this plane up, which you don't say in this day and age because you could get arrested. So we didn't get arrested, but the headline would have been great. Grandmother and son arrested for making terroristic threats at Newark Airport. That would not have been good. All right, so let's get into suds and duds here. Uh, a couple beers from Equilibrium uh, that uh, Ernie Huey from uh, over at uh, Paragon Tap and Table had uh, gotten for me. Enso by Equilibrium. Very smooth, juicy, delicious beer. Uh, really has that juicy haze to it. And then Energy Equals. 
Uh, a nice peachy, hazy type of beer. Very good. Uh, good stuff from Equilibrium. I, people have been half and half on Equilibrium. Like some people say they're great. Some people say, eh, not so much. These guys are right in the middle for me. Very good beers. Um, excellent, great. Eh, not yet. They're getting there. I like them, though. Watch Me Whip by Source. So smooth. Love this one. It's, a, it's Basically, it's a milkshake beer without the lactose. It's a lot of oats in it. Fantastic beer. The guys from Source, of course, as always, doing a great job. Squeezy by Bradley Brew Project. This is one of the uh, IPAs that I picked up from them, a New England style. A juicy, hazy IPA. Not bad at all. These guys are making some good stuff, and they are uh, not too far from my cousin's place in Ocean Grove. So uh, next time I'm down there, I'm actually going to be brewing beer next weekend with my cousin uh, for the first time. And so uh, maybe we'll make a stop at Bradley Brew Project uh, at some point. That'll be uh, that'll definitely be a cool thing. Uh, had a crowler of Icarus's Drinking Crayons HBC 630 uh, by Icarus. A fantastic beer. Smooth, juicy, delicious. I don't think I've had a bad beer by Icarus so far. They've done that good a job that I have not had a bad beer from those guys. Uh, got a can of Stone's uh, Enjoy by 1031, uh, which I did enjoy by 1031 because I actually had it on the, let's see there, the 26th of October. Um, I really miss the bitter bite of a, a, a really good West Coast double IPA. In fact, the beer that we're brewing next week, one of the beers, is going to be a traditional West Coast IPA because... I'm kind of missing that every once in a while. I think I think brewers around here, every once in a blue moon, should probably brew a West Coast IPA just to show people what the OG really is for an IPA. Just saying. Over at Maloney's Pub in Matawan, it's a great place. They have a huge tap selection. Um, had the uh, Omnipolo's Argus, which was uh, chocolate hazelnut toast. My goodness, what a delicious beer. Very strong. I think it was 14%. Um, has some sweetness in it, but not too much, which was good. It wasn't cloying where after the third or fourth sip, I was kind of like, I don't know if I can finish this. Great hazelnut flavor and chocolate. Again, strong beer, but really, really good. Speaking of strong beers, the guys at Source uh, a week ago did their Jacked O'Lantern. They decided not to do a pumpkin beer, but this is dangerously good at 12%. So smooth, coffee-flavored, fantastic. Um, Some people said it reminded them of... Carton's regular coffee. Um, yes, I think it has the same elements in there. I think it's a little bit different. The regular coffee kind of has more of a sweetness to it because it's supposed to be milk and two sugars. This doesn't have as much sweetness. It's very much a coffee bomb, but it, it's a cream ale, so it comes out light. Um, but yes, I can see the similarities between this beer and regular coffee easily. But it's a great beer, uh, Jack O'Lantern. Uh, and if they have it on tap... Uh, over at Source, I encourage you to get it, but probably make that your last pour or your first if you want to kind of mellow out after that. Had a can of Watercolor Synergy Mango Guava Marshmallow Vanilla Milk Sugar. Oh, my God, Sky Gazer Brewing. This is, you want to talk about flavors that shouldn't have worked all together but absolutely do. It was a fantastic beer. And the marshmallow gave it, the marshmallow and the vanilla with the milk sugar gave it a sweetness that, again, wasn't overly sweet. That didn't blow me. Like, oh, I can't drink this. I sucked that whole thing down. I mean, that's a good beer. Really good stuff. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the Blueberries Smoothie uh, by, uh, bo- the, not Blueberries, Blueberry Smoothie by Bolero. Nice and sour. Love the flavor. Love the pour. I mean, it is dark. It is a, a really nice purple color. 
That is fantastic. A great beer from the boys at Polero Smart, uh, Snort. A DDH Carmen Line by Icarus. Another banging brew from these guys. Again, have not had a bad beer from them. Finally got a chance to crack my can of Cosm of Darkness by Timberales. The vanilla and cassia bark, very nice. Rich, thick, delicious. And again, cassia bark, I found out, is a form of cinnamon, which is delicious. Uh, between State and Maine by Timberales, I've had this before. It's great. It's another great beer. Uh, they do a great job with their stouts and IPAs. Everything is super strong, and I love that. Uh, Fruits and Shoots by Springdale Beer Company. A lot of peach tartness in this one. Um, it was a little too tart for my wife. She didn't really care for it, but I liked it a lot. Um, it's a nice, like I said, a nice tart uh, peach flavor that I enjoyed uh, very much. Then uh, Trogues had sent me their canned version of Master of Puppins for this uh, Master of Pumpkins for this year. Very balanced, spiced, very nice. A really solid uh, pumpkin type of beer, and I'm not the biggest fan of pumpkin beers, but that's definitely one that I can drink. Twin Elephant came out with Battle Him. Now I'm guessing this is uh, an homage to Man of War, um, and if it's not. I still think it's an homage to Man of War because it looks great. Uh, hard to believe that this is an under 6% beer. It goes down super smooth. It's got a little bit of a burn to it. Um, probably should have let it sit in the can for another uh, couple of days. I want to revisit it in about a week and see if it uh, settled down a little bit. But I have to tell you, for under 6%, fantastic beer. And then finally, the good folks at Heavy Seas sent me Jimmy Truffle, uh, which they did as a collab with Reeb's Candies. This is a decadent dessert stout. Rich, very chocolate forward. They had sent me a couple of candies from Reeves, um, and it really matched up perfectly with the beer. It is an excellent, excellent dessert stout. If you're looking for something in that dessert stout category, uh, and you find this in Baltimore, in the Maryland area, uh, Jimmy Truffle by Heavy Seas, do yourself a favor, pick it up. It is fantastic. Folks, we are out of time. I want to thank, um, I want to thank you for listening to this program. I want to thank you for uh, all the years of great, uh, you know, great stuff. Um, and thank you for, allow- for indulging me in allowing to have a tribute to my mom, who passed away at the age of 82. Um, she was a force in my life. Um, she did so much for me and my sister. And I cannot thank her enough. And I hope that in some way, and that it, maybe she's listening now or she's, you know, up in heaven or whatever, if you believe in such things, that she's looking down. And saying, Albert, you got it right. Thank you. I hope I did. And I hope I did my mom. I hope I did my mom's memory justice. And I hope that I did everything that she needed me to do in these last few months uh, for what she wanted and did it to her satisfaction. I love her. I will always miss her. And I will never, ever forget her. By the way, I want to quickly mention the three aides that uh, helped my mom, uh, Rosa, Jennifer, and uh, Kathy Ann. They were amazing. Could not have done it without them. They took care of her 24-7, her every need. She never had to want for anything. And folks, you cannot buy that kind of peace of mind. I'm back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody.